good to see everybody. Hey, I, I, we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and stuff like that, but I, don't, I just want to um, take a moment here. Would you join me this morning in just thanking the Lord for his presence? Isn't it beautiful today? Come on, Lord, we just thank you. God, we love you. We are so appreciative of who you are and all you do. We thank you, God for working in our lives. So thank you, Lord. Thank you to the worship team. Thanks to everybody that's serving. You guys are doing a, just a fan, fantastic job. It's a good season in, in Jesus. Amen? How many people say, my life is more beautiful now in Jesus than it ever was before? Amen? You know, that's God's plan. That's his, his plan because in that, he wants to see people. He wants people to see the beauty in our lives, to see all the good stuff he does in our lives. So it will draw them to him. It will draw them to Jesus. So they'll come and so they'll get saved. Amen? Isn't that a good thing? I don't know if there's anything more beautiful than seeing people just uh, get saved, come start a new life in Jesus Christ. It really is. It's really, really beautiful. But in the midst of all this beauty, sometimes some ugly things pop up, okay? We can all, we could go through and we could talk about all kinds of ugly things that have happened in our lives and hurt and pain and, and disappointment and rejection and trauma and on and on and on. And so we could talk about these ugly things and then there's some ugly characteristics that sometimes try to manifest in our life. And, and so over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing a series called Ugly Christmas Sweaters. Okay, ugly things that happen in our lives, but the good news is, unlike this sweater I'm wearing today, you don't have to wear it. So, <laughs> you don't have to wear those ugly things. And so we're going to take a, a look at some, um, some things that, that, that Jesus Christ has taken care of for us, and we don't have to let them be a part of our lives. This morning, we're going to talk about what I believe to be one of the ugliest things that can uh, ever pop up, that can ever manifest in somebody's life. Uh, it, it really, it, it does, it's, it's unattractive in anybody's life, but it absolutely, positively has no place in the life of a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus Christ. And this thing that we're going to look at, we're going to talk about this morning, it's called ingratitude. Ingratitude. I think we all recognize that there's so much of this in our world, and, and we've, we see it. We see it. Maybe, maybe you've seen it in a, in a store. It, it's, it's ugly in kids when they're ungrateful. Amen? They're not in here, parents. Go ahead and say it real loud. Amen, right? That's so, right? Yeah, we see it in there in the grocery store down the aisles in Walmart, you know, and they've already got the cereal and the candy bar, and now they've got to have the toy, and they don't get everything they want, and, and man, they just act all kinds of ugly, Right? So, and uh, when my kids used to do that, they would act like that, and I would just turn to the lady and say, ma'am, your child needs some attention over here. So, I, I didn't know who they were, but they weren't my kids anymore, you know? So, so that, that kind of ingratitude, unthankfulness, uh, lack of just appreciation for, for what we have, it's, it's ugly in children, but I think we could also say it's even uglier in adults. Come on, church, right? It is ugly, and don't turn to anybody and say that's he's talking about you now, okay? It's ugly in our actions. It's ugly uh, in manifestations in every way that it reveals itself. And when it pops up, when, when, when ingratitude manifests in our lives, it's, it's not just ugly in its presence. I, I want to tell you that I really believe that it becomes destructive in our lives because it's, it's revealing something in our hearts. 
As I was thinking about this over the last couple of weeks, I started thinking back about people that I look at and say, man, that's, that's somebody when I grow up, I want to be like them. That's the kind of spiritual life, the kind of Christian, the kind of man of God, the kind of family that I want to have. And can I tell you that as I thought about that, I, I realize now that I have never seen a disciple, a follower of Jesus, somebody walking in the Holy Spirit, somebody filled with faith and love and power and joy and, and God working through their lives. I've never seen anybody that that was true about their lives whose life also continually had a manifestation of, of unthankfulness or ingratitude. It, it just it can't be that way. Those things don't mix together. Now, I, I will say this, that all of us at times may have moments when we're not grateful for everything that takes place, right? Um, um, anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you're driving down the road, and somebody pulls, and you know, they speed past you, and then they pull in front of you and slam on their brakes. I'm not always grateful for that, you know? I, I mean, there's times I want to express something to them that's, that would be really, really ugly. And, um, and so, uh, you know, that not everything is going to be beautiful. Not everything's going to be, um, gonna, we're not always going to be grateful. But God's not going to let us stay in this place of, un, of ingratitude because he really realizes how destructive it is in our lives. And, and that's, why we're, that's why we're encouraged in Colossians chapter 2. It says, therefore, as you've received Jesus Christ, the Lord, so walk in him. Okay, we know that. Walk in Jesus. Live in Jesus. And he goes on, he says, be rooted and grounded. Be rooted and built up, established in your faith. He says, man, it's all about Jesus. Amen. We're in church. Come on, guys. It's all about Jesus, right? Man, so, so be, you know, be, be built up in Jesus Christ. Be established in Jesus Christ. Let everything about your life be based on Jesus Christ. Be like Jesus Christ. This is what we're taught. This is what Paul's telling to the Colossians. It's what we would say to you. But then he says, wait a minute. There's one thread that wraps all those things together. He says, and be abounding in thanksgiving. Be abounding in thanksgiving. Live a life that's filled with thanksgiving. Live a life that's filled with gratitude. Live a life that just abounds, that overflows with gratitude, with thanksgiving, in, in, every, in every way. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to be that kind of a person today. Amen? Why don't we just ask the Holy Spirit to help us this morning? Come on, let's pray. Father, again, we do. We come to you, and first and foremost, we say thank you. Come on, church, just say it. Well, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for all of your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for everything that you've done, God. And, and today, just come, and Holy Spirit, we, we tune our hearts and our mind, our, our, all that we are to you, and say come and just... Uh, Minister in us, speak in us, work in us today for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're in a season. Um, any, anybody make their Christmas list, list yet? How many people made their Christmas list? <coughs> How many people wouldn't raise your hand if you've already made your Christmas list, right? So, okay. Um, maybe you've made your Christmas list, things that you want, things that you want to get for your kids. Maybe, uh, oh, I know, we don't really make lists anymore, so let's put it like this. How many people have already got your Amazon cart filled to the brim, okay? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it, man. Lord, work, work today, God. Help us, Lord. <laughs> so, but I want to share a list with you, um, uh, a list with you, that this list, it's, uh, it's, called, it's called Qualities of an Ungrateful Person. 
And um, this information that I'm going to read here over the next couple minutes comes out of uh, psychological studies, medical studies. Uh, some of this information came out of psychology today, others from uh, just um, kind of we would call secular, just, this isn't Christian-based information, okay? This is things that the world has studied and that recognize, recognizes to be true. So here we go. Number one. An ungrateful person always looks at what is wrong with their life and focuses on that. And I thought it was interesting. They went on to say, and they're ruining their life by doing so. This is not, this is not the church. Not the, this is the, right secular society here, psychology, those type of things. An ungrateful person complains incessantly about their job, the weather, where they live, their family, and many other things. An ungrateful person can never be happy because they are always bitter and negative, and these are the kind of people who are more likely to put other people down. <clears throat> An additional study, I didn't quote it here today, showed that people in a workplace that had the same baseline of happiness, that when one group of people was motivated to be grateful and to express appreciation over the course of a week, said that at the end of that week, those people who practiced gratitude had a baseline of a higher baseline by 25%. They were 25% happier than the, than the other people. You want to be happy? Be thankful. Amen? Amen? An ungrateful person is more likely to suffer illness because their negative attitude will break their body down. This breakdown will cause their immune system to weaken. Disease and illness result, will result from their negative attitude. And I thought this was very interesting because negativity is like poison. So, so what, what other studies showed here, that, that, that a lot of times people who, who live in, a, in an area of ingratitude, who, who don't continually practice gratitude and thankfulness in their life, that some of the things they suffer with are insomnia, uh, migraine headaches, heart issues, anxiety, depression, and then they just plain discourage everybody else. So an ungrateful person will attract ungrateful people. An ungrateful person always believes that they never get the things, that, they, that things will never work out for them. There's a pattern of life. And, and again, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show us. If we are in a pattern of life where it always seems that, that things just don't work out, maybe the Holy Spirit's wanting to reveal something to us today. An ungrateful person thinks and believes that they are never good enough. They don't have a healthy self-esteem. An ungrateful person blames other people for their unhappiness. An ungrateful person feels like they're always a victim every time something goes wrong in their life. They believe the world's out to get them. An ungrateful person will have anger problems because they will try to convince other people that they are right and everyone else is wrong. And an ungrateful person will be negative in every aspect of their life. One of the, the final thing that this uh, little list said, it says, when you try to, uh, to show this or tell an ungrateful person about this, they tend to get very defensive about it. So anybody here being defensive yet? Uh, okay. All right. Another, uh, another list says this, the qualities of a grateful person. We'll go through this really quick. A grateful person is happy most of the time, and he makes the most of what he has and accepts that there are imperfections in life. We all know everything's not going to go perfect in our life in every way, shape, or form. How many people know that? Okay, anybody ever had something, your car break down, you've ever had some issue go on, right? You've ever had kids, you've ever been, I mean, you know, all, so I'm kidding, they're a blessing from the Lord, right? So, 
but, but things aren't always going to be perfect. So a grateful person says thank you for the simplest of things. A grateful person looks at what he or she has, and they really take time to appreciate what are they, whatever they have. Um, they noted in here, they said, this is perhaps the most notable quality about a grateful person, is that they're not always focusing on what they don't have. They're focusing on what they do have, and they're grateful and appreciative and thankful for it. A grateful person's well aware that their lives don't have to be perfect for them to feel good. Again, nobody's life is ever perfect. A grateful person is positive most of the time. A positive most of the time. A grateful person has more friends. When we're friends, maybe need to be more appreciative, more grateful, more thankful. It says this has been proven in many different studies. A grateful person generally has fewer health issues, has, better, uh, has a higher energy level, and a grateful person will be more, have a more successful career and make more money. Woo! Right? And how many people say, I'm liking this whole idea of being more grateful? Okay. So uh, another study, this one again comes out of the psychology today, says this. It says, gratitude is the opposite of being discontented. Do you, do you remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about um, trusting God more than money? And we said that, that really um, what, what we should do is we should be thankful we should be contented that we have food and clothing, right, that, that, that with those things be content. We said that really most of us aren't, aren't content with just food and clothing. We want a whole bunch of other stuff, and when we look and see all the things that we don't have, then we become discontented. That's not uh, the plan that God has for us. A couple of other uh, comments here. Gratitude facilitates uh, contentment. It improves our mood. It will bring higher degrees of satisfa satisfaction in our lives. Uh, gratitude also reduces anxiety and depression, okay? It, it will help us. Uh, it'll help relieve depression. I'm, I'm, you do what you have to do to deal with anxiety and take what you have to take and all that kind of stuff, right? But, but can I say maybe before you go out and spend all the money at the doctors, all the money at the pharmacist, all the money... Here, here's here's a, a, a prescription. Anybody want a prescription that will help your life? When you're having tough times, find somebody else who's having a tough time. Help them in their tough time, and you might feel better. Amen. 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 Uh, just a thought there. So uh, gratitude promotes physical health. Gratitude lowers blood pressure, strengthens the immune system, reduces symptoms of illness. And people who are grateful are much, uh, they're grateful, uh, are filled with gratitude says that um, they're less bothered by aches and pains, okay? So when you're just thankful you can get out of bed, you don't complain about all the things that hurt uh, while you're doing it. Uh, so gr gratitude, <clears throat> gratitude and helps, uh, it enhances our sleep. Uh, people who are filled with gratitude spend less time awake before falling asleep, and they're more rested when they wake up. So instead of counting sheep, count your blessings. <laughs> Oh, amen. Psychology today, not the Bible, right? So, uh, Gratitude strengthens relationships. It makes us feel closer and more connected to friends and intimate family members. When partners feel and express gratitude to each other, they become more satisfied with their relationship. So listen, I, I'm, this, is, this is good stuff here this morning, okay? But you know what? 
If you're having struggles in your relationship, in your marriage, with your parents, with your kids, whatever it is, can I tell you that if you just stop and stop focusing on, stop listening to the voice of the accuser telling you everything that's wrong with them and how somebody else would be better and someplace else would be better, can I tell you, you'd be surprised at how much better your relationship might be. Amen. So gratitude also encourages paying it forward. Grateful people are generally more helpful, generous of spirit, and compassionate. Grateful, generous of spirit, and compassion. Who wants to be that kind of person? Man, I certainly do. I certainly do. So we see here that gratitude is beneficial for our lives. It helps us. And ingratitude, we find out then, is very destructive for our lives. Now, can I say that it's not only destructive, well, cross the line here, I'm going to tell you that I also believe it's demonic. It's demonic. Let's look at the Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 4 says this. It says, the Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through (coughs) hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving. Now, now let's, let's, let's take this apart just for a second. It says, in the last days, that people are going to abandon the faith. Why? Because they're, they're believing, they're being deceived by demonic spirits. Now, now let me tell you, demonic spirits, it, so you're not going to get freaked out if we talk about demons in church, right? Mm. Hey, listen, if Jesus had to deal with the devil, don't be surprised if we have to deal with demons, all right? But the good news is, what did he do to them? He defeated them. He kicked. He put him. You took the keys away and all that kind of stuff, right? And because he's victorious, we're victorious. So what happens though? We see here is that these people, people, believers. He's writing to the Colossian church. I mean, he's writing to Timothy there, the pastor of a church, and he says this. He says, "Listen, there are people that are coming in." And they're trying to get people to stop focusing on the goodness and the provision and the blessing of God and start focusing on these things that they shouldn't do. They're moving them from liberty in life to legalism, to the letter of the law. And what he said was they shouldn't get married. They shouldn't eat kinds of certain kinds of food. They shouldn't do all these kinds of things. They're trying to limit the scope of which we live when God's trying to blow up. He's trying to expand the scope of our lives. He's trying to increase the goodness in our lives. These people are trying to limit it. He said that so these people here are being influenced by demonic things. They're being influenced by demonic things. Let, Let me tell you, this is how it all started in the garden. Do you remember when Adam and Eve were in the garden? Some of you, a couple of you were there. Is that right? <clears throat> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> so when Adam and Eve were in the garden, when they Adam and Eve were in the garden, listen, God says, I love you so much. You're so special to me. You're so wonderful. I enjoy being with you so much. I'm going to give you all of these trees, all of these fruits, all of these vegetables. I'm going to give you all of this provision. You've got an abundance. Just don't eat out of one tree. 
And what's the enemy come along and say? He says, look at that. God's holding out on you. Look at, look at that. If God really loved you, he'd let you have the one tree. It, it, and, and we think that. We look back on that and go, now, that is so ridiculous. That is just absurd. But you know what? How many times do we get into that situation in life where we get a, a prayer doesn't get answered? Where something doesn't go our way. We don't get the, uh, the promotion. We, we, we struggle in a financial situation. Something doesn't happen as quick as we want it to happen. And all of a sudden, it's like, God's let me down. God's disappointed me. You know what we're doing? We're being counseled by demons. We're receiving the counsel of demons instead of the counsel, instead of the instruction of the Word of God. Instead of focusing on what we don't have, maybe we need to look at what we do have. Look at all the things that God has done for us. I'm telling you, if we will continue to allow this type of thing to operate in our life, it will harden our hearts. And, and, and can I tell you what happens in a hardened heart? Here's, well, here's what takes place in a hardened heart, especially for Christians, especially for followers of Jesus, instead of living in the abundance of the life of Almighty God, the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in our lives, you know what happens? People become religious. All of a sudden, they go through religious motions. They say religious words. They know how to do religious actions, but there's no life in it. There's no life in it. Their hearts are becoming hardened. They become very law-oriented. Okay, legalistic, they become ritualistic instead of experiencing the joy and the abundance of all of God's provision in our lives. We, we see a, a great example of this in Scripture. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. And this is such an amazing chapter. I, I wish I had time, just an hour, to, to preach on Luke 17. In Luke 17, um, he starts out by talking, Jesus is with his disciples, and he says, hey guys, let me tell you something. You're going to have troubles in your life. There's going to be there's going to be problems that come in your life. You're going to have offenses that are going to come in your life. But you know what? You can overcome those offenses. Does anybody know that? That we don't have to get offended by everything that comes down the pike. That we don't have to get upset. We can live unoffendable lives. Amen? We can do that. We can do that. God's given us the ability to do that. And then he says, and they said, um, he says, even if somebody sins against you seven times in a day, forgive them. And here's the disciples' response to that. The disciples said, Man, God, we're going to need some more faith. <laughs> we're going to need more faith. We're going to have to and Jesus says, no, you don't need faith. You need obedience. He says, there's, and he goes on, he tells a story. He says, there's a servant that goes out and works in the field. When he comes back in, the master says, hey, prepare my meal. Does the master thank him for preparing the meal? He's doing what he was told to do. Hey, guys, we've got to realize that there's sometimes... A lot of times, I think what we do is we say, oh, God, help me to do something. Give me more love. Give me more. Help me to be good to people. And God's saying, hey, I've done everything you need to have love, everything you need to be motivated to do good. All you need to do now is do it. Amen? Amen? Is that okay if God talks to us that way and says, just do it, just obey? And, and so in the midst of this, then Jesus, Jesus says, um, listen, if you'll obey God will bring blessings into your life. And here's where we pick up in Luke 17. Luke 17, verse 11. It said, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. Now, leprosy in, in, in biblical times 
it, it was it was just seen as a as a as a curse. It was seen as a defilement. Um, it, it was just a horrible thing. And and I won't go into all the graphic details of leprosy, but it was a skin disease and all kinds of bad things happened: infections and sickness and disease. This person was excluded from society. They were excluded from all of the blessings, all of the good things that God had set up in their life because they had leprosy. As a matter of fact, we'll see this. We'll read on. It says this. It says, and um, he, they met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priest. Now, before we get to this next little part, let me tell you. You know what Jesus was doing right there? Jesus was obeying the commands of the Old Testament. If you go back and read in Leviticus, you could see that if somebody had an outbreak on their, their body, uh, a, a bump or a mark would come up on their body, they were told to go and show themselves to the priest, and then the priest would determine whether it was leprosy or like an ingrown hair or something, you know, like that. I mean, it was a, or a, a zit. I mean, he, so the, leprosy, the, the priest would make a judgment, and if the priest said he was unclean, then he would be unclean. He would have to be separated from his family, from his job, from his livelihood, from all the good things that God had in his life. He'd be separated separated from it. He'd be an outcast, and if people came near to him, he'd have to go, unclean, unclean, don't get close to me. You might get what I got. And so these people then come to Jesus. Jesus sees them, and I love this. It says this. Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest, and when they went, they were cleansed. As they obeyed, as they did what Jesus said, they were cleansed. They were I said they were cleansed, they were healed, they were made whole, the leprosy was gone, their lives were changed. Amen? I mean, come on now. They, and so look what happens. One of them, as he was going, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Now, I love him. One of the commentaries said this. It said that this man made a scene. He made a scene. You know what? Can you, can you get this? This man's walking along. One moment he's a leper. One moment his life is cursed. One moment his life is nothing but, but negativity. The next moment he's healed. The next moment his leprosy's gone. The next moment hope is restored. The next moment he can think about going back to his job, going back to his wife, going back to his family. And the next, his life has changed. I don't know about you, but if God did something like that in my life, I think I'd run and I'd throw myself down and I'd make a change. I'd make a scene for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, hasn't he done that for all of us? Hasn't he done that for us? Wasn't there a time when our lives were marked and scarred with sin and separation from God and we were on a path to hell and, and, and nothing but in our future but devastation and destruction? And folks, look, I think it's appropriate that we make a scene in giving God thanks and praise for what he's done in our lives. Come on. Stop. Stop. Okay. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. All right. Come on. Let's give him praise. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you. We bless your name, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. God, we thank you. (laughs) 
Amen. Hallelujah. He threw himself. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. Even though he was a Samaritan, even though he wasn't part of the chosen ones, he recognized that God had done something miraculous in his life. So, folks, I just wonder. Jesus goes on and says, Jesus looked, and he said, weren't all ten cleansed? I'm not going to knock the other nine. I'm not going to get down on them. They did what they were told. They got their healing. But I don't want to be one of the nine. I want to be one of the ones that comes back and gives him praise. I want to give him thanksgiving. And so he says to this man, he says, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith, your willingness to walk in obedience has made you well, has made you well. Now, you know what? Some of us, I think, say, hey, wait a minute. I know Jesus did something way back then. He healed my leprosy of sin. You all know that leprosy in the Bible relates to sin in our lives today, right? And, and, and I just wonder, I, I, I heard this, so I, want, I wonder 15 years later, this guy's walking down the street somewhere. Of course, Jesus, we know, is crucified by them. But so just, let's just pretend for a second. So sometime later in this guy's life, he sees Jesus. What do you think he's going to do? Oh, that's that guy that healed me years ago. No. Man, he's going to be excited about it, isn't he? he? He's going to be thankful. Well, he healed me, but you know, I've had some tough times since then. I've had some real difficult things going on in my life, right? How, folks, does it make sense that you and I, who have been so blessed by God, man, I'm telling you, I, I pray this, God, I don't ever want to forget. Here in just a couple of weeks, I will celebrate a spiritual birthday. God, I never want to forget everything that you've done for me. God, I never want to forget how that you sought me out, how that you pursued me, how that you loved me enough that you sent somebody to tell me. God, how you forgave my sins, how you've blessed my life. Now, could I take some time here and tell you about some difficult things and some hurtful things and some bad things and, and some di- just, just some troubles that have gone on in my life? I'm telling you, I could do that. You could do that. But folks, there's a reason why in the Bible, we don't have this scripture, but in 1 Thessalonians, it says if you want to know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you want to know the will of God, this is the will of God, right? uh, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I I know that all the prayers aren't already answered yet, but can I tell you, if you'll obey and go ahead and give him thanks now, I know there might be some tough times financially, but if you'll just go ahead and say, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to trust you anyhow. God, you've been faithful in the past. I'm going to trust you, God, right now and in the future. God, I know my healing's not complete yet, but I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep praising you. I'm going to keep thanking you because you are a good God. You are a good God. You know, We always have a choice, folks. We've always got a choice. And that choice is we can focus on the negative things. Let let me say this. You know, that that, that sometimes when we pray, we come to God with this prayer list, with this kind of this this list of, well, God, I I need help here. I need a better job, and I need some increase in my stuff, and I need need my life to be better. And, And if all we do is focus on the negative If all we do is ever come to God from a place of desperation, you know what? We're letting those things control our lives. 
that we're letting those things focus on us. Instead, you know what we can do? We can come to God and say, God, I praise you. I thank you that you know about every circumstance and situation of my life. I thank you that you know my financial needs. You know my college bills do. You know my cars broke down. You know my marriage is in, in, in trouble. And God, in the midst of this, I'm telling you that I'm going to thank you and I'm going to praise you. And I'm going to believe you got to work on my behalf because you're a good, loving father. Because you're a great God that cares about me. So, so there's a reason that the scripture says in Psalms 95, verse 2, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. We know the scripture in Psalm 100 where it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Bless his, uh, give, give thanks to his name and bless him. Why, hey, listen, when we thank the Lord, do you know what happened? In my opinion, one of the worst things that happened in the, ten, in the stories, in the story of the 10 lepers was nine people missed an opportunity to get close to Jesus. Not one person was able to get close to Jesus. I, I want to be close to Jesus. I want to be in his presence. I, you know what? Good things happen when you're in the presence of Jesus. Amen? Good things happen. So let's, let's enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let's, let's not just draw near to the, we're not just going into a, a building. We're, we're going to the presence of the Lord. Right. Folks, you want to get more out of church? Can I tell you what? Just stop out here at the door and say, God, I'm going into a building, but what I'm really doing is I'm coming into your presence. I'm coming close to you, Jesus. I'm coming close to you. Holy Spirit, I'm opening myself up and saying, fill this temple, fill this place, work in this place, oh God. Thanksgiving brings us closer to God. Thanksgiving brings us closer to God. So uh, I want us to ask the Holy Spirit as we wrap up here today. Let's ask the Holy Spirit, God, is there ever a time, is there ever a place, is, do any of the symptoms of ingratitude, do they, do they mark my life with that, just with some kind of ugly thing that doesn't need to be there? And if there is, then Holy Spirit, then I, I want to come, I want to take care of it. Amen? Amen. So here's some things I want to give you an encouragement to uh, do over the next, um, well, from now till Jesus comes, all right? So uh, <clears throat> don't, how many people agree Thanksgiving should be every day, not just one day? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. I love Thanksgiving. I love, uh, I, I found out that Jackson really is my grandson, our little boy. He was, we were at his Chris, one of his, uh, his Thanksgiving play the other day, and, and afterwards, um, they were serving food, and the teacher said, uh, said, do you want some pumpkin pie? He goes, no, I don't like pumpkin pie. I was like, whoa, who is that kid? I'm not sure what's going And then the teacher said, well, have you ever tried it? He goes, I don't know. And so they put some down on his plate. He said, just try one bite for me. And he tried it, and a smile came on his face. I was like, I like this. <laughs> I, I like Thanksgiving. I, I like the food. I like the fellowship. I like the afternoon nap, the ball. I like it. But every day should be a day of thanksgiving for true believers, true followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? So here's a couple of things I want to encourage you to not only make thanksgiving better, but make your life better. One is make a list of all of the blessings of God in your life. Make a list that he, are you writing this down? Just if you're taking notes, write this down, okay? If you're not taking notes, just write this down, all right? But seriously, make a list. God, you give me life. You give me breath. You give me strength, God. 
God, you, you, you've given me family. You've given me friends. You've given me house. You've given me the ability to work. You've given me a, a, a way to, to make a living. God, thank you. Thank you, God. And just go on. God, you, you, you've given me, you know, all the things that you can list. You've given us food. You've given us, you know, I mean, just go on and on and on. Just start to list everything that you're thankful for. And, and I encourage you, be diligent about it. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my husband. I thank you for my kids. I thank you, God, for, for, for just, just your love. I thank you for forgiveness of sins. I, man, I thank you, for Holy Spirit, that you're with me. I thank you that you protect me. I thank you that you... Could, we, could, could you go on? Could you go on? I mean, we should be blowing that nine, whatever that number is up, you know, that thing, I'm thankful. We should blow that thing up, man. I want to be people. Make a list of all the things that you're thankful for. Second thing is then just take time to thank God. When you look over that list of all of the things, all of the experiences, everything that you've got to do, you've, that you have, hey, let's, let's put aside all the things we don't have. Just look at all the things we do have, right? And let's realize that every good and perfect gift, everything that we have comes from our Heavenly Father. He's the giver of everything that we have, amen? And then just go to God. And, and maybe while we're there, maybe we need to take a moment and say, God, I repent. I repent for the times. God, when I've, I've looked at the one thing I have in God and forgot about the abundance of the things I do have. So God, forgive me today. And then just begin to say, God, I really do. I thank you. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. And I, I tell you, as you begin to focus on the good things that you do have and recognize that they come from God and spend time in God's presence. You won't have to pray to become a thankful person. You'll be walking. You'll be walking in life as a person of gratitude and thanks, and God will bless that. God will bless that. And so, and then I just want to encourage you to practice an attitude of gratitude. Okay, it's more, much more than just an attitude. Okay, it's, it's not just having good thoughts about people. All right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I haven't ever really been encouraged and been built up. You know, I'm having a really tough day. And I, well, people are thinking good things. I mean, people say, I'd like somebody to say something good or do something good, right? So, so let me encourage you to practice this attitude of gratitude by looking for opportunities to express thanks. Before you leave this building today, I challenge you. I challenge you, before you leave this building today, find somebody. You don't know who to find? find? Find Pastor Chris. Find some of our tech team. Find some of our worship team. Find people that are the ushers and greeters. Find the baristas. Find the children's ministry people, people that are, that are, that are serving Jesus by serving you. So find them and just say, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you. And then begin to take those opportunities to express thanks. And finally, I want to encourage you to intentionally share with your family and friends what you're thankful and appreciative of them, about in them. I think you want to make this your best Thanksgiving ever. Why don't you take time and not just go around the table and say thank you. Thank you for my cat. Thank you for my, all those things, you know. Well, why don't you just look in somebody's eyes and say, I am so thankful that you're a part of my family. I'm thankful for the joy in your life. I'm thankful for your, the spirit of enthusiasm. I'm thankful for, that I, I can depend on you. I'm thankful 
that you're my friend. And I'll tell you what, I believe this can be our best Thanksgiving ever. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just want to join with uh, Pastor Chris and uh, this morning in the, our VIP team. He t- uh, told the, uh, the team there, he said, we're thankful for you. Look, I want you to know we are thankful for each and every one of you. I mean that we love you. We know that God's got great things in store for you. And we want to see God bless you in ways that just blow your mind. So I just want you to know that. We love and appreciate you. You're valued. God's got a plan for your life this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you join me? Just Let's just lift our hands together and say, Holy Spirit, just forgive us for any time that we've allowed a spirit of ingratitude, God, to be manifest in our lives. We, um, right now, God, we say that the only spirit that gets to counsel us is the Spirit of God. And so we rebuke and we resist the devil and all of his lies, God. We, we, um, we repent, God, for every time that we have... Um, that we've failed to be people of thanksgiving who give thanks in everything. And God, we uh, say, because you give us the strength, because we can look and see all the great things, all the miraculous things that you've done in our lives. God, we say right now, we give you thanks and we bless you. Come on, church, let's just give him thanks. We give you thanks and we bless you and we praise you for every great thing you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.